Hey, I'm Garrett. And I'm Daniel. And this is Modern Gaze. On today's episode, we have certified love and relationship coach Trevor Kuhn, also known as Love Daddy Trev on social media. Welcome to Modern Gaze. Happy to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, before we really dive in deep, and I know we're going to be talking about a lot of the challenges that we face when out in the dating scene, a lot of the stigmas and taboos, and even the app culture or how you find that love of your life but on your path to finding love to wanting to find that really true long-term partner do you have sex on the first date yes or no what are your thoughts on that my thoughts are no okay my if you were interested in a person and there is chemistry there and you know you're you're both feeling something then of course you're going to want to act on it there's, there's no rush to act on it because if you're feeling that now, you're very likely going to feel it tomorrow or whenever the next time you see them. So I think there's this idea that we need to rush into taking off the clothes, discovering what's under the goods. there. And <laughs> our hormones are... <laughs> Although a lot of people, by, by that point, some people already know what's under there. Photos are out online now or you, maybe you already exchanged pictures. Correct. I don't know. I kind of end up am of the mind that if you are looking for love and you're looking for a real relationship, hold off on that because it's going to come and it's going to be amazing when it does. True. That's very true. Early on in dating, when we met each other, I really connect sex with love. And we've talked about this before on 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 the podcast where it's a very emotional connection. So I knew that I I wanted to protect myself in a way when we first met where I didn't want to just jump into that and be too vulnerable too quickly. But I was very open minded to explore. So I think that we did other things and we warmed it up until we really got hot and heavy. And And also our first date was like seven or eight hours. So it was basically like four dates in one. My first date with my boyfriend was six hours and the se- the second day was also six hours and we didn't sleep together in either one by the way um we have since <laughs> <laughs> good <laughs> neither one of us w- was or is celibate i like what you said garrett when it came down to this was really important to me and i i definitely merged the two the sex and the love and you can feel both at the same time and y- you can also fill them separately. And I think that it's important to ask yourself that right there. What, what is important to me? What are my priorities when it comes to having a partner? For some people, the sex may be important. For some people, it might not. And that's what you have to ask yourself and, and determine. Yeah, yeah. And it's an interesting balance. But yeah, let's, let's we'll, we'll, jump go, into we'll move fires. on. Yes, yeah, so we'll jump into a quick fire. This is just a do or don't. So, okay. Okay, right. great. Yeah. So the first do or don't. Pick up your date instead of meeting them there. Hmm. Do. Do. Mm. I love that. Okay. Okay, yeah. so sh- show photos of your exes. Don't. <laughs> Share what you're into sexually. Do. Plan your next date while you're on the first date. I really think that one's circumstantial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, sometimes it's better to see where it goes yeah. and let someone reach out after yes. and not pressure it. So that's not a hard yes or a hard no. I like that. 
So it's interesting because if you had a really great date, you're connecting and you have something in common or there's some activity that you guys are talking about and it's already booked or planned and this feels natural like for both parties. Yeah, but maybe if you're have a bit of a clinger and it's a someone's a little bit more into you than you're into them or you feel uncomfortable and you feel forced to like Mm. say yes and you're not feeling comfortable to say no, like it can get complicated. I can see that. Totally. But then it's exciting when they text you like a couple of days later and you're like, or a week later, and then they're like, oh, let's catch up again. That was really fun. And you're like, yay. A week later, I'd be like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Final one. The final one. The final one. So the first date, how about a kiss or a kiss goodbye? Yes. You just lean into whatever. Feel the vibes. Yeah. Feel okay. the vibes. Okay. I would say throwing them up against the wall and reaching down while while doing it might borderline be too far, but you're like, Oh, that's enough. Oh, we shouldn't. Right. Oh, Oh, we shouldn't be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Basically (laughs) that can be sexy. I don't know. That could like strike up a little bit of that energy and that anticipation, build the intimacy and see where this is going. But like knowing that you're holding yourself back a little bit. Yeah. That's exciting. I think it's like edging basically. Edging gracefully. No edging. No, a little bit less graceful. Oh. <laughs> it's like it's like edging. Oh yeah. Definitely leaving them wanting more. One of the greatest things that I saw on your social media and on Instagram that like connected us immediately was how you talk about authenticity. What we do and what we talk about quite often is how to live a vibrant life and how to present yourself as your authentic self, especially in dating that's really hard to do. (laughs) And as a relationship expert, as yourself, who's been helping many gay men find true love, what do you think is the number one key thing when you're going on a date or when you're just jumping into the dating scene? How Mm. do you maintain that authenticity? How do you make sure that you're showing up as your true self? When it comes down to like being present on a date, especially, we're really making it a point to avoid distractions, be present with that person and have your phone away. I would say for any day, you should, any day, even if you're married and you're going out with your partner, yes, put the phone away, have an agreement. We don't get to sit down that often together. So let's just put our phones away and enjoy this moment. I'm sure you guys both have times where you're really busy and you finally get to sit down with each other and you don't want to see the other person on the phone, right? Yeah. As much as we live on our phones throughout the day, it's nice to actually put them away and make an effort to put them away during a moment like that. Yes. But when it comes down to being authentic, I would say it's really helpful to put your listening cap on. Like it's, if you are listening and you are engaged with another person, it's really hard not to be authentic because you're not sitting here thinking about what you're going to say and planning the next move or the next topic because you're just in flow with that person. You're having an authentic moment with them because you're listening and you're not planning anything out. You have no idea how the date's going to go. I say that to clients. If you are being present and listening to that person and asking questions, it's really hard not to be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. But I think even if you have quiet space, like it happens when you're dating naturally, like that's just what happens. Sometimes mm. is you're talking and then sometimes there's also moments when you're just quiet and you're just enjoying the moment together. If it feels okay to have yeah. some quiet dead space, but if the quiet 
is more like an awkwardness or like a we should talk about something, then I think that's when it becomes an issue. Totally. And finding common ground. Like if there is a quiet moment, don't think about, okay, what can I tell them about me? A lot of people don't like talking about themselves or that they think they don't, but then they really do. So if you can just think of one thing you want to know about them, then ask them that question and see where it goes. Some, and sometimes it will lead to them telling you a story. And those are the best moments. Those are the best moments when someone can tell you a story about their life uh, based on something that you brought up, then, then you really know that you're having a genuine connection. Yeah, for sure. What would be great to get into is your own personal love journey. Like you have a lot of experiences that you share with your clients and how did you find love? I really wanted a boyfriend mm. and I had my first boyfriend uh, in my last semester of college. I was not out and he ended up cheating on me multiple times. And this is the early 20s. And there was a lot of drama involved when I first started getting into relationships. So I think that kind of set the tone. It's made me very skeptical of guys after that. And I know I developed a lot of jealous tendencies. And it made it dating really hard for me in my 20s because I just wanted someone to want me back. And I, I wasn't multi-dimensional about it. It was just... I want a guy who wants me and I don't want anyone else. And I want this to be like a fairy tale. You know? right. mm. I, just, I want something completely opposite of what I came from in my past experience. And I think a lot of people can base their entire romantic life on one relationship, especially if they, if they only had one. Right. True. Yeah. And it made it difficult for me in, in my twenties because I kept running into situations where I wasn't getting the reciprocal attention that I was giving. I was like, I'm putting in a lot of effort and I was getting like second, third dates, but not fourth dates, or I have a date with someone and would sleep together on the first date. And then they wouldn't call back. And then in my late twenties, I got close to being in a relationship. And I even had a guy tell me he loved me wow. and then take it back the next morning. Wait, you can't take it back. Let me take. Like, he 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 didn't take it back completely. He said he meant it, but he shouldn't have said it. Ah, uh, oh. And that he wasn't in a place to be in a relationship. And we had been on and off for a whole year, so I I kept waiting for it to actually for the bond for the label. I really wanted the label, and I think that's another thing that really tripped me up for a long time. I just thought. I don't even know if any of these experiences I'm having are real relationships because no one's calling me their boyfriend. I kept fall, getting involved with unavailable guys or guys who had shit going on and they weren't being upfront about it. And yeah. I was ignoring red flags and, and I was also just putting up the shitty behavior. I really wanted love. And if we flash forward, I was living in LA for five years. So end of my 20s, beginning of my 30s. I remember dating a guy. I have never felt this way about anyone before. And he was giving me some really nice attention. And he had a stint uh, in Chicago and had invited me to come out. And I was like, oh, he's inviting me to visit him in Chicago while he's working. This is like the real stuff. And I visited him 
And the first night was like so romantic. Like I just felt swept off my feet in Chicago. So the first night was of course wonderful. And then the morning after we wake up and he's just on his phone and I'm laying in bed with him and I'm like, wait, you're not talking to me. You're on your phone. And I was frustrated. I was like, I'm not getting any attention right now. And I'm like in his bed and I flew here from LA and I, I said to him, what you doing? And he goes, just checking the Facebook. This was Facebook days, 2000, 2014. He goes, is that okay? And I said to him, well, I just don't feel like you're being very present. And it, that triggered him. And he turned up his phone, threw the covers off and got out of bed. And I was like, are you upset? And he was just like, well, I'm just trying to be present. I was like, oh gosh, this wasn't what I had in mind. No. And definitely, then he got distant with me during that day. And we had some nice moments, but ultimately I left the trip feeling rejected mm. and feeling like I, I messed up somehow. I got very in my feelings about it. But I do remember at the time when I was talking to my boss, who was a good friend of mine, I told her what was going on and... I told her that he had said that you're putting too much pressure on this and it doesn't feel easy. I think it should feel easier. I was blind because I, I was like, I just want this to work out. And it's yeah. the closest I got. Yeah, of course. So you get really blind to what's really happening. And I'm, my boss says, you're loving and upfront about it. And screw him if he doesn't see that or if he doesn't want that. So those are some of like my history of, let's say, relationship failure. And I learned a tremendous amount looking back about how to communicate with a person and how to set boundaries within the relationship that you're already in. It's good to set boundaries from the get-go, but you definitely learn a lot about yourself in a relationship. And just because I, I had it in my mind when, in my 20s, oh, you're with someone, then they're, they're yours and you are theirs and everything is just copacetic. And once you're in a relationship, you don't have to figure things out. You learn a lot by having relationships and by messing up. Yeah. But I will say each one, I felt stronger and stronger and more like this was going to go somewhere. And then that last relationship that ended, I remember thinking, this can't happen again. I can't be in another relationship where I feel there's, there's dead space between us, where there's not a level of understanding about each other. And then I met my current boyfriend in 2019. Wow. And I was at a point in my dating life where I just wanted to meet someone and see if there was a connection. So, so that's what we did. We had coffee and there was a connection. I just was like, I'm going to focus my energy on this person and see where it goes. I'm not going to look around and see what else is out there because that's just... I don't want to scatter my love energy, so to speak. Mm. Yes. No, that from your personal experience with dating, what would you say are some useful tips to single gay guys out there who are experiencing maybe similar patterns or going through similar situations where they're dating the same type of guy or they're finding themselves in the same situation? How can they get to a point where they are confident in themselves to walk away from situations or be clearer with their communications and what they want? What would be some tips? Mm -hmm. I think that it's important, first of all, to ask yourself 
what it is that you want. Like me in my 20s, I just wanted a boyfriend. I didn't even know what that meant. I just wanted one. It's important to ask yourself, what is that I want in a partner? Correct. There's a process of discovery, you know, finding out about this person and learning whether or not you are compatible. Not just, oh, like you mentioned type. It's, oh, is he my type? Like that can mean different things for different people. But a lot of times guys will go after the same type of guy thinking, this is what I want my boyfriend to look like. Whether it's appearance or personality, they're picturing it. They're not picturing the partnership, they're picturing the person. And I think it's more important to focus on what kind of partnership you want to have and what are the qualities that, that the guy I love that. that's you're going to be in partnership with, what are the, what are those qualities yeah, that yes. you're looking for? I actually love that because it's not just like about thinking about the person you want. Like you said, it's about envisioning what that life, life looks yes. like. And you're a part of that life. We are really big on manifesting or visualizing or scripting or like looking, tr- trying to envision a life together, the fu- any kind of future, anything that you want in your life. It's really about being reflective, self-aware and using your imagination to envision the future that you can have if you're not into the woo aspect of manifestation. But right. that concept of placing yourself in that vision and looking towards what that relationship looks like and putting yourself in it, I think is really important. Like what service do you have to offer the world? What mm. are you bringing to the table? What do you expect from another person? It's reciprocal, not just one-sided. Mm-hmm. And not just what are they, what are their characteristics, but like you said, what are you bringing to the table? You're not looking for a person. You're looking for a partnership. Mm-hmm. Correct. So that partnership involves you. Yes. And so it's really good to check in with yourself and know what do I have to bring to a relationship? Sometimes I'm coaching someone who has very low self-confidence and they're looking to potentially be completed somehow by having a partner like, Oh, I just, I feel like I'm just missing this person and really they're missing self-love or self-esteem. And so if you're going out there dating people, but you feel incomplete, then you're not showing up as a full authentic version of yourself. Absolutely. I agree. You know, and I guess you also don't want to be the testing ground for everyone to find themselves. But at the same time, it's a really good exercise to use to to get to know yourself, get to know other people and take that pressure off a bit. And you had some discussion that I saw talking about alleviating some of that pressure and proposed timelines, especially when you feel like your friends or the people around you are all of a sudden in relationships relationships and you're the only single one or you're feeling like the third wheel. Like, how do you deal with that pressure and how can you remind yourself that your own timing is valid? What you just said, your own timing is valid. Just like your desires are valid and just know that there's really no control that you have over the timing of a relationship and if you try and put pressure on it we know when there's too much pressure on anything it explodes right so the same thing can happen in a relationship and i experienced that several times and that becomes very painful yes especially if you're putting a lot of pressure on getting into a relationship with someone and you end up 
being rejected or you push them away, then suddenly your ego's hurt or you're blaming yourself or you're blaming them for not being ready or making excuses. And this quest for a relationship should be fun mm. first and foremost. And if there's too much pressure or too many games or anything where you're, where you're getting anxious, there's good anxious. And then there's like full blown anxiety. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like a panic yeah. attack. Yeah. And like, I tell clients like, have fun. There's again, with the having sex on the first date, it's like, if it happens, sure. Like it, it, sometimes it will just happen. And that may be the end or there may be more than that for both of you. Uh, but it should be fun. And if you're planning on getting into a relationship and that is your goal, then what is a relationship? A relationship is sharing your life with someone and spending time with them and having shared experiences. That doesn't happen just in a relationship. That happens the whole time that you're with them. For sure. The amount of time for mm. getting into one. Mm. Uh, but let's say it's a month. Then, Wow it's really amazing that you both are willing to be that direct so soon and willing to give this a try. Awesome. But if it's five months or a year while you're courting someone or vice versa, and maybe the timing just wasn't right at the beginning, but it eventually is, there's no set timeline. But if the goal is to have fun and share your life with them, do that along the way. It doesn't start once you both say, I do. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah. I feel like you want the boyfriend and then you think about, oh, I've got a boyfriend and then that's it. You don't think about all of the other in-between moments of you have family, you have friends, you have jobs that you both are trying to navigate. You have life that you're both trying to intertwine. I think there are so many different right. elements that you both need to try and navigate while not having blow up fights and like getting upset and trying to please the other while you're sacrificing yourself when you have those moments in the relationship where you're under pressure or you're having a fight or you're having a disagreement, right? People may see that as a red flag, but essentially I think for us, and you can elaborate on your experience with red flags or moments in relationships where people want to quit. I think those are moments to make you stronger as a unit and to communicate clearly with what you want. Are all red flags actually red? red? And how do you, what's the definition? Like, how do you navigate that while you're dating? I think that there are red flags that are glaring and anyone would see them. And again, you still might be blinded by it mm -hmm. because of the way you feel about this person or whatever other emotions are outweighing the red flags. And then there's red flags that I think are general. Everyone's, oh, look out for these red flags. Certain red flags are very case by case. Because you're, again, you're still getting to know this person. What might be a red flag for one person might be totally different with the next person you date, depending on what Daniel said about the, they have a life, they have a family, they have work responsibilities, etc. And you need to get to know what their life is like. So you, you can gauge whether or not their behavior is actually a red flag or if they just have other things going on. Correct. Whereas they're can be a red flag in their behavior that's, like I said, more glaring. 
Like you had yeah. mentioned, your partner at the time wasn't being present and their energy was somewhere else. And you had gone through a pretty big leap of faith and a big risk, took a big risk to be in a new place and pause your life at the moment of whatever you're working on and go on this adventure. And then not having that person show up in that same matched energy can be confronting and definitely a red flag that shows you how they communicate in the future. Communication is obviously very important and being able to communicate and feel vulnerable and really express yourself honestly can be very difficult all the time because mm. you need to show up and present who you are and what you want. But at the same time, there might be things that you are still internally processing or dealing with. And in your experience with some of your clients, specifically about being honest with their status or being clear and communicative about their profession. Maybe they're a drag queen. What about these people's experiences that they feel maybe cautious to share or have, when to share it? When to share it? I think that when you're entering any sort of partnership, you got to be open with each other. For sure. You got to communicate. You got to let them know what's going on with you. And you're bringing your whole self into this relationship. So there shouldn't be anything that you're hiding. If you don't feel comfortable sharing something with someone, maybe you haven't grown close enough to them. Maybe there's more to find out about them so that you know you can trust telling them and they're not going to run away. Um, I love that. So when you're meeting someone in person, obviously you met at a bar or you're just at a restaurant or you're out with friends or wherever, but you're not going to just blurt out your full truth because that's not, it's not the only thing that identifies you. It's, it's not your responsibility to be like, oh, I'm undetectable. Oh, I am a go-go go dancer. <laughs> oh, I have an OnlyFans or whatever. Like, it's not right. your job to be like, here's my full vulnerability. I know nothing about you, but here's all of me. I'm showing right. up. That's not fair. But right. on an app, when you're putting those details in and kind of setting the stage, like you mentioned before, you want to really show up and really put yourself in the best case Lines. scenario. You don't want to be the, the educator. You don't want to be sitting there teaching a whole lesson about what your experience is to someone all the time. It's great to right. be transparent and be like, here's all my information that you need to know. Let's get started. And maybe you already are caught up. Like you already know what I don't have to tell you. Okay. But wait, I have to, I have to also say I was a go-go dancer when I was living in LA hustling. And <laughs> I, I actually never told Garrett that I was a go-go dancer. He found okay. out on Google that I was a go-go dancer at the Abbey because okay. I had like an, an article written up on me in like the WeHo I guess if you, something. if you Google it today, no, don't, don't Google it. Don't, it. <laughs> don't Google it. But I had shame to tell him because I was falling in love mm. with the guy and I was worried that if I told him about what I did, maybe it would have made mm. him run away or it would have made him look okay. at me differently because I didn't feel like that defined me, but it was my job and mm -hmm. it was something I enjoyed yeah. doing. Did he discover that and then ask you about it or did you end up telling him so, uh, we, right, her, so they, we were so dating, they, I think, what, three months? Three months. And he is a dancer. He was a, like a professional dancer and yeah. had gone on tour and like dance with all these really fun people. So I was like, I, I, get, I think I'm a Googler. Like I just Google everything. So He's a Scorpio. I'm okay. just like, all right, I'm going to see what I'm dealing with. And I, yes. but I also was really interested in finding these dance videos because like on YouTube, he has all these really awesome dance vids. So I started Googling, watching them, just admiring out of admiration. Mm -hmm. 
And I found okay. this article yeah. and I was like, oh, okay. And then I did feel a certain type of way about it. Like I felt, okay, how does this make me feel? I felt like I was like, okay, this maybe I feel a bit uncomfortable, but I'm also, that's kind of sexy. I'm like, okay, wait. <laughs> Like, I really had a hard time navigating that. And I, what I did, and I'm happy I did it, is that I kept that information to me and I processed it and I thought about okay. it. And I felt like yeah. it made, it didn't impact the way I felt about him. It was more of my own process of potential judgment. What, how did I judge that? Do I judge that? It mm. like, it made me feel like a bit more introspective. And I think that was a really good opportunity for me to do the work myself before right. presenting it to him for an explanation to help me understand and then making him potentially feel uncomfortable. And I think maybe if more people did that, if they were comfortable with situations when they find information, but obviously mm -hmm. I actually never brought it up to him. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. So then, <laughs> and then we were on a date and we were driving to Malibu, I think. And you said you had something to tell me. And you said, I did. I told you, yes. And you said that I, I danced at the Abbey. And then he said, I know. Like, I know. You had danced or you were currently dancing. I was currently fizzling out my shifts at the Abbey, yes. Okay, scaling yes. back. Yes, we were at, scaling at back. Your own, at your Pace. own accord. So, did, so then you're like, oh, I'm going to go see you now and put some dollars in your... Your, I wish, you, you know what, well, actually, and <laughs> thinking back, about it now, I actually fucked up because I wish I did. So he told me that he wanted to stop dancing at the Abbey, but it was also his like main source of income too, outside of, outside of right. dancing, like professionally and dancers. I mean, you bless them money. all, bless them all. But dancers like professionally in Los Angeles have it hard. Yeah. Like yeah. they have it hard. Like it's right. hard to get a job. So anyway, mm -hmm. I just feel I didn't want to stand in his way. But at the same time, I knew that maybe I would feel uncomfortable there. I still didn't process it enough to be there. And I wish I did. Mm -hmm. I wish I showed up. That's what I was going to say. I also yeah. wish I had told him earlier because we would have had more fun while I was dating. He could have came to see me. We could have had a cheeky, fun, flirtatious moment, built a bit of intimacy, slipped down the panties. Yeah. I don't know. But then someone else would have slipped down the panties. <laughs> and then I don't think I would have really liked that very much. Fair. But I guess like for those types of taboos or those t types of conversations, like how do you suggest navigating them or talking about them, especially when it comes to either being a go-go boy or having an OnlyFans or doing sex work or right. even being a drag queen? Mm -hmm. I think lead by asking them about them. Again, I always say find common ground first and they ask what you do for a living and you make your money on a go-go box or having sex with other people on OnlyFans, or even if you don't, maybe you do solo stuff. But if you're making money that way, I think there's really no way to hide it. Tell them what you enjoy about what you do. Yes, I love ultimately. that. And if it's going to turn them off, then you know what? Find that out sooner than later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because it's not, it's, it won't turn everyone off, but it will turn some people off. I'm going to use your word, vibrancy. If what you do creates vibrancy in your life, then that's an amazing thing to bring to the table. If you don't present that you have any sort of shame about what you do, then there's, there's really is nothing to hide. Just tell them what you love about what you do. And that that's going to make you interesting and 
attractive. Okay, yeah. So the sexual liberation, especially for queer people and gay people, I think is definitely much more celebrated, much more vocal, much more present. But to really close it off, what is your biggest tip for people trying to find love after 30? Like you're in your 30s, you're trying to find love. What's the one thing that maybe you should really prioritize? Okay, I'm going to bring it back to defining what it is that you want in a partnership and highlighting the positive things that you want to experience and what would really make a partnership worth pursuing. Human relationships are a need. We need to be able to feel like we belong with other human beings. Yes. But a romantic partnership is not a basic need. It's something that we want to pursue in order to add value to our life. A life that hopefully is complete and encompasses fulfillment in and of itself. We're not looking for someone to complete some part of us. And by hopefully by the time you're in your 30s, and this is not a, a blanket statement, we're all still figuring things out at, at all ages. There's so much that you are still becoming and be excited about that to know that you want to invite a partner into your life. So be very clear about what you want in that partnership what is that going to add to your life? Self-reflection is the most important because if we don't know who we are and what we want to experience, then we're just going to be letting life happen and hoping something sticks. One of these guys is going to just work out. And that's not an intentional way to live. The first relationship that you need to work on, and that's the one with yourself and really loving yourself and finding who you are and also being ready for that next step, especially throughout mm. those 20s. That's just discovery time. And in the 30s is really when you really do the hard work. <laughs> I'm going to share lots of details on how to connect with Love Daddy Trev. Learn a little bit more about yourself, some tips and tricks on how to connect with your potential love interests. Thank you so, so much for joining us on Modern Gaze. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Modern Gaze. We hope you're enjoying our podcast so far. Make sure that you follow, turn on alerts, and even turn on auto downloads so that you get our episodes first. Our episodes come out every Tuesday and they stream anywhere podcasts play. 